0: Welcome to Women Express. I am your host, Denise Harrington, and today we have a wonderful conversation that literally just gets started with Hensina Larson, who is an award-winning digital impact entrepreneur and the founder of World Pulse. So we're going to just start right out by having our conversation now. I'm so thrilled to be with you it really is great. And, you know, we realize that we go way, way back. But before I begin to do the interview, I just want to talk a little bit about Encina. We do go way back. Way back. Way back. It's We were talking in pre-production about when was it? Even just in our last conversation, it feels like we've been friends for eternity. So it's great to have you. Encina. I want to say your last name, but in some ways it's a little bit like Oprah. You know, why would you want to put the last name in there? Because your name stands all by itself. It says a lot about who you are, but let's talk about that and then we'll come back to your name. So we have today with us Encina Larson, and she's the founder of World Pulse She's an independent woman. There's no doubt about it, but she created an independent woman-powered global social network. That's a mouthful. It says a lot. There's a lot to say. Connecting tens of thousands of women from 200 plus companies and bringing them a greater global voice. That's powerful all by itself, too. Through World Pulse, women leaders are impacting over 21.6 million lives by building global movements, launching businesses, changing policies, and transforming harmful cultural practices. And of course, being on Women Express, the bottom line of who we are is all about giving women a space to have a voice, to share their voices. And you have been doing this for quite some time now through World Pulse. And today, well, by the time everyone hears this, this won't be true. But as of today, September, what are we, September 20 what? 24. September 24, you are on the Google homepage, Trending. Yay. That was so cool to see. That means recognition, 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 visibility, and it's well-deserved. So thank you for coming and doing this interview with me today. It feels more like we're just kind of hanging out, having a conversation, and that's the way it's supposed to be. So tell me a little bit about what got you inspired to create this world organization. I mean, when we met, you were still creating interviews and doing magazines and you were journalists. And this just kind of expanded way out to connect voices globally. That's quite inspiring.
1: Tell me about it. Yes, it has evolved for sure. And I'm grateful to reflect on that story with you today, Denise. I feel like we're kindred spirits in many ways and that art form of creating space for story and for voice and just how sacred that is. And, you know, honestly, with the way the world is today, we can't, we can't have enough space to unlock uh, voices of women that have been suppressed around the world. So this is really fun for me. And in terms of the how the vision of World Pulse came about, it happened, actually, it was a seed in me when I was a very young girl. I, I grew up in the rural countryside in the Midwest, and I was homeschooled. Wow. I was paralyzingly shy. I had the experience of feeling my voice just trapped inside of me some of you might may have had that experience of like it's literally barricaded by your rib cage and it can't come out and it was fascinating because i was a child of great imagination i would bring books up behind the barn and i would read in the field that was my school and i would read about the world and folk tales and i felt so alive and then when i was in public I just froze and I couldn't (laughs) socialize. But deep inside of me was this huge yearning to get out of this, the countryside and to see the world and to see and hear from especially women. As a young woman, I wanted to see the truth and I felt like I wasn't getting enough of that in the newspapers So at 19, I became a freelance journalist by way of going to the Amazon and working with incredible indigenous women leaders who were struggling with oil contamination on their traditional lands. And they, they kept saying to me, please take our stories, please be our messenger, because our children are are dying of various can- some stomach cancers and skin cancers from the oil contamination, and so that pulled me to become a journalist, and and I started to travel around the world telling those stories. Of course, but then I went to the Burma Thai border and worked with women who are fleeing the ethnic cleansing there, mm-hmm. and they had endured the unthinkable and the mass rape, their families being sometimes killed in front of them, which you cannot imagine anything worse than that. Imagine it. And they would say to me also, please take our stories. And the vision of world pulse came to me one night when I was, I could not sleep. It was a hot sticky night. I was trying to sleep on a bamboo mat. I was on a balcony under uh, the stars and I was tossing and turning and feeling just so happy and just that how could I, I could try to publish these stories, but who, who was going to listen? I mean, and these were sacred stories. When I talked to the women, they they entrusted me with this. When I asked them what's their vision, it was clear, they lit up, they knew what needed to happen. And and this was treasure for the world. But, but I had seen what happens when when you publish it's what's going to happen and so i just
0: not the sexy story that journalism is looking for in other words especially the misfortunes of women
1: exactly and it's not like you know the white woman who's been kidnapped on the side of the road you know in terms of what's going on right now it's a you know people tend to otherize and and the media it's not capturing those headlines let's just say exactly but suddenly, as I was between sleeping and waking, I was looking at the stars and they, I had to blink twice because they pulsed at me and pulsed like a bolt of lightning <laughs> strikes you sometimes. Mm-hmm. And they pulsed and they were in the shape of a globe. Mm-hmm. And as each light pulsed, I just knew it was a voice unlocking. It was the beauty of a voice unlocking. And then that catalyzed a, a chain reaction of the other voices unlocking. And it created this building, beautiful blue light of building, a building pulse around the planet. And I just pulled in my breath and I said, this is the way forward. It's not just a voice, it's it's connected voice. And I knew at that moment that I could no longer be a messenger for these incredible voices. I needed to find a way for there to be a platform for these women and girls to speak for themselves in their own words, to be their own messengers, to connect to each other. So they didn't feel so alone. Mm -hmm. That was going to be the healing that the world needed right now.
0: Well, let's go back for a minute because there's so much in this experience and in this vision How did you get to a place where you started to feel comfortable to unlock your own voices? It's it's interesting. I I had a conversation with someone the other day, and she's in her 50s now. She had almost the same experience in her young adulthood, where she just felt like her voice was stuck, Mm -hmm. that it would never come out, she would never be able to share her voice. So how did you get to a place where you unlocked your voice and then... How does it connect to what you ended up doing by creating a platform for other women, especially women in third world countries, women of color to have their
1: voices? Mm-hmm. Well, and part of that journey has been learning that women all around the world, wherever you are, whatever geography, including in the United States, there's a, a huge need and huge barriers there. But I began to tap into my own voice it went hand in hand with bringing this vision alive and it's funny how your greatest work in life is also your greatest fear and so that was very true for me I wasn't journalism so I could be quiet I could be behind the scenes I could hold the microphone yes and ask questions, but not be center stage. And I did not want that. So as World Pulse started, and I came back from my international travels, and I realized no one else was doing this, and I had to, it was a greater risk to remain silent wow. and keep it inside. It was like an inner force that just literally pushed me off a cliff. And I I would start to speak. I got invited to speak, talk about your experiences. And I was, my knees were knocking. I could never, you know, before I would speak in any audience, even if it was 20 people, I could not sleep the night before. I was absolutely terrified. And, you know, as I started to build world polls bit by bit by bit, it literally was this wave of feedback coming back to me. So, One of my messages, never underestimate your power as an audience for creating change. Never underestimate the power that you have when somebody is speaking in front of you, whether it's by mic, to lift up that person, to encourage them, to support them, to cheer them on because it helps keep them going. And that was true for me. When I first started World Pulse, it was a print magazine vision because it was pre- the big web 2.0 phase. And I had a brochure. I call it the brochure phase. And I go do small living room sessions and talk to women and, and hand out this brochure and tell them the dream. And they would come up to me sometimes crying and say, this is what I need. I want to feel connected to women around the world. Here's a $50 check.
0: Well, before you go, because I'm seeing some themes here that I want to tease out a little bit. One, is the experience because i think it's a it's a stepping stone one is the experience of beginning to tell this story being in front of people and receiving the energy back from them that you were on track and that it was okay to have a voice but also your voice uplifting that audience to tears in some circumstances so unleashing your voice became the platform for actually recruiting and bringing more women in wouldn't you say Mm -hmm. and that dream that night became a reality because of your ability to actually share it tell us about that
1: and that's what we see writ large across world pulse today day after day women breaking through that silence and stigma sometimes tentatively telling their very first stories And getting a wave of support across, as you mentioned, over 227 countries. And you think of on the other side of that, what's happening also today, which is a mass wave of online violence and cyber violence and attacks. I mean, new studies coming out now show that adolescent girls, nearly half of them are experiencing cyber harassment and violence. And so if your first voice and sharing of your opinion and your perspective is attacked with a rape threat or even a diminishing of what you have to say, how much those voices that are about to bloom just shrink up and get, you know, stopped inside for sometimes life. So it's a very dangerous dynamic we're seeing. It's antithetical to democracy and to humanity to be having that happen. So. Yes, we can't underestimate the power of when women and girls begin speaking to have those supportive audiences.
0: I mean, we as Western women, and I want to talk about some of the countries that you're helping to create this platform, and then we can come back to the digital because I know it, that has a lot to do with it. But as Western women, we have, and I'm putting these in air quotes, we have certain freedoms, one of which is the freedom to speak. But I think that we still, we're still shut down in a lot of ways, even though we have certain freedoms, and one of them being the freedom to speak. What are you noticing around the world, and how would you relate that to what in the Western society we feel that women have gained such freedom? Mm. Those juxtapositions, because. You know, you're in societies where just being able to get the voice out, to tell the story, to even acknowledge that these things are happening, that my children are dying because, you know, oil spill and and what society has done. And I'm getting a chance to say that. Tell me how that all works together. Mm -hmm.
1: Right. It's an important time to recognize The power that we have when we do have those freedoms and civil liberties to express ourselves when others don't around the world. And I will note the United States, for example, since we're speaking from the U.S. here today, is not, you know, we're like 50th on the global freedom rankings and we're a democracy at risk. And then couple that with the enormous amount of online hate and attacking that is You know, in theory, you can speak, but then, you know, there's the self suppression and then there's those that are getting driven offline. So we're not often as uh, free as we think we are, but it certainly is light years ahead of other places in the world which have very severe monitoring and attacking. You know, you could take Burma, which today is called Myanmar, where the military junta. Has a you know, billion-dollar cyber warfare spying machinery to track down anyone anyone is writing from inside the country online and then go to your door and take you away at night. Wow. So you have that level of of surveillance. And and then you have social stigma in other parts of the world where you know looking at Pakistan, where women and girls are really, in many parts of the country, thought not to be worthy of being educated, first of all, but secondly, to even, you know, should not be online, should not be using the internet because it will contaminate them. It will, you know, make corrupt them by being online from social patriarchal norms there. So, what I've seen... As we're looking at these women who are still finding ways to come online, despite those enormous barriers, they are, you know, taking buses outside of the the government internet shutdowns in Cameroon to across the border to get to cyber cafes where they can speak. They're finding ways to use alternate kinds of virtual private networks to get a beyond the, the government censors and find ways to do that. And they're changing norms with men and, and religious leaders in their communities around voice and technology. So they are fighting so hard and on world pulse, the most dynamic content creators are from Africa and from South Asia. Some of the areas that have some of the, the most severe norms and some of the worst internet access for women and girls, they are the most active because they're like, we must be heard. <laughs> we need, this is so, so precious to have a platform like this. And that's what I note. So let's not, for those of us who have that privilege and liberty, we have so much power that we can do with it in solidarity.
0: And power to do with it in solidarity and power to protect it.
1: Mm -hmm. Because
0: our voices as women, as you see the rise of women, certainly in the Western world, but globally, the rise of conversation that women have is so important. To tell our stories is going to change the climate in the world. Climate, climate for sure, but also the cultural climate, just by using our voices. So Mm -hmm. you have... Some examples that you wanted to share with us about how Pulse is helping women use their voices, issues that they're speaking up around. Can you share some of those with us?
1: Absolutely. And just as a grounding as well for people who aren't familiar with World Pulse, a little bit about how World Pulse works. So we are a social network that is a safe, monitored social network connecting about 80,000 with primarily women and girls, women community-based, grassroots leaders around the world from 227 countries. And we provide that space for women to log on for free wherever they are, wherever they have access to the internet, to be able to freely tell their story, tell their perspective without censorship or editing. And then we also offer a leadership pathway for these voices and storytellers to earn Leadership roles as digital trainers, as change makers, as featured storytellers. We offer awards and honorariums, small seed funds for these emerging leaders around the world. And as a result of that work, we find that women's lives are transforming and they're building confidence, they're building their leadership, and going on to impact about 21.6 million more lives in their communities. Mm-hmm. On the large size scale, we see that the impact falls into the categories primarily of women building movements, building or expanding businesses, social enterprises, running for office sometimes, and on the for some specific examples, which it's nearly impossible because there are so many. but, I'll use one example. I was talking about Pakistan before. So there's a young woman from Pakistan who wrote us to tell us about what had happened for her logging onto World Pulse a year later. So apparently she was in a about to take her own life. She was so destitute, not knowing what to do, because she had been taken advantage of by a man. And he was cyberbullying her and threatening to tell her family about what had happened and to further extort favors from her. And she knew that if her family found out, they would kill her because of the honor crime, the belief in honor uh, killings within her own family. So she was between two diff- very difficult situations, And she said she was sitting on a park bench. She had decided that day she could not go on. And she was scrolling on her phone aimlessly, and she came upon World Pulse. She clicked on the link. As she browsed through the stories, she realized that there were other women like her that were experiencing similar types of online violence and harassment. And as she saw that, she said it it washed over her that she was not alone and that she wanted to live. So she continued to network on World Pulse. She was able to connect with other lawyers, other women who had similar things, and she decided to start her own legal clinic for women survivors of cyber violence in Pakistan. And she wrote us to tell us, a year ago today this happened, now I have a cyber clinic that's serving hundreds of women and girls. And so that's just one example of that transformation from the depths of despair, often women coming to us. And it's not hard to imagine, given that there are also studies from Pew that over 1 billion women and girls are struggling and suffering mentally with depression and oppression around the world. And so this is a A lot of women are in this place of feeling very, 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 very low and very, very hopeless.
0: Well, I know you do focus on the digital and in some ways, thanks goodness that you had, you know, this platform for her to scroll through. It's amazing how things happen. But for her to be scrolling through aimlessly and here comes World Pulse. And I know that you advocate strongly about the use of the digital or digitizing women's voices. So Tell us, I know that you're telling us that there is that fear for most women to even begin to share their stories, let alone share it digitally. And we were laughing earlier, the two of us, on how powerful the virtual networking is. You know, I, I shared that I had my 65th birthday and that you know, 65 women or plus showed up, but they were from all around the world. That would have never happened if we were not in this world where the virtual communication is so accessible to us. And we began to start seeing it as a wonderful, wonderful way to extend ourselves and connect. Absolutely. Um, So I'm just, I love the story that she was just kind of scrolling through her phone and then this this platform, this opportunity, this connection came up through World Pulse. So why are you such a an advocate for the digital world? There are some harms that are there. So why are you such an advocate? Why do you think this is essential to expanding our voices?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, between these two two roads of the tech utopia and the tech dystopia, <laughs> I see this third way, which is very consciously designing and building through the collective, through feminine intelligence of powerful online spaces that can be transformative because I we're doing it and we, we know that this is possible. And I think what technology is offering right now, it, it is in many ways a, a new access to a new public square, a new level of visibility that may not have been there previously. Mm -hmm. And it's offering a power of collective as well in new ways that can happen quite rapidly. Mm -hmm. There's a new book out that I recommend people read to called Awakening, which is all about the Me Too movement and the, the spread of global women's rights And what was discovered through the Me Too, of course, it originated primarily in the U.S., but as it caught fire around the world, it allowed women to break silence, break stigma and shame through the power of the collective from feeling not alone, from seeing other powerful political figures and celebrities and and your own friends and your own social network being there with you. And literally, we can trace this, This which had very little resources, might I add, it was just, you know, and technology can, can go far fast, you don't need to have a massive organization behind it. But literally, in these case studies and country after country from Tunisia to Brazil to Sweden, that real policy change happened, real social norm change happened, economic change happened as a result of this. And so that was just the organic (laughs) of how it happened. Now, if we layer on investment resources in women in technology, women in STEM, women designing, women online spaces and platforms, and putting the whole brain power and human power behind what can be done with technology, I think we can, you know, we can reach the sustainable development goals by 2030. We can reach gender equity <laughs> in 10 years and not 135, which is what its our current pace is. And there's enough intelligence to design to prevent the, the violence that's happening online. Right, right now what we're seeing is a technology world primarily built and designed by tech bros, for lack of a better term, who mostly are white men, who have been building platforms for commercial profit and gain. And for big growth and big user engagement numbers. And so built into the design is the level of addiction, you know, preying upon women and girls. If you see the latest reports on adolescent girls, Instagram makes them depressed.
0: Yes, I saw Um, that just recently that it, it just makes you shake your head and you can see it because you can see how connected and how deep they are and comparing themselves to other people and the level of depression that comes from it. And it, it's primarily girls, but I've, I've seen it. I've seen it with the young boys too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And a fundamental thing that the Twitters and the Facebooks and the tech bros have been unwilling to do is they've said, this is a public square. So we don't really want to curtail what anybody's saying, even if it's violent or harmful or demeaning or attacking, we shouldn't play that role. So they really abdicated that. So of course, what happens if you're in a public square, and people are, you know, attacking and harassing some group of people, and that goes unchecked, it's going to silence other voices, and you don't have a true public square. So, you know, Whirlpools, when we started, the first thing that we knew was we're going to block and we're going to be very (laughs) assertive about blocking and protecting and really strong community guidelines. So we don't allow that to happen. And that contributes to psychological safety for our members.
0: Nice. Nice. Because when I saw that report the other day, I was like, What are we doing to stop this from happening or to at least bring awareness to what's going on for women in on the digital platforms? So it's good to see that you do, if there's a conscious look at how we use it, we can stop just by blocking Mm -hmm. people from bullying women and shutting down our voices digitally. That's right.
1: That's right. And you're going to see the companies starting to come around. It's taking them a very, very long time. And they're doing small steps to help their users have better filters and make it easier for them to block people. There's still a long way to go. But I mean, really, that's the only way, the only viable way for them to maintain healthy community. Mm.
0: So you believe in the digital you definitely do with measures.
1: Oh, yes. 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 And I, I mean, this is where the world is coming. It's you're seeing governments now come in and, you know, this is a these tech companies have bigger powers than nation states. And there needs to be some regulation and guidelines to protect people and people's well-being. If the vast majority of power in this world is on the digital from online banking to social movements to policy change And half of half of women are left out and half of nearly half of humanity is left out of that. That's a problem. And then for those who are online, if they can't operate safely, it's a human right and it's being undermined. So, yes, governments are stepping in now. But I think women and especially disabled women and women of color those that have had least access to power, most marginalized, they're going to be the ones to show us how this can be done well.
0: That's good. I'm glad you're making inroads. I mean, we can say that you're a pioneer in this, this way, because I think most people don't even realize I just block them. <laughs> and sometimes you, you can't the way it's set up. So this is great that you've set up a way, a new way, a pioneering a way of having more—I won't say control, but more power on your with your voice when you use it digitally, because it is such a powerful tool.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It really is. It is. So you talk a little bit about. I know that we're coming up on our time. This is just so interesting, and and I appreciate the time that you have spent with us. You talk about how to begin to transform our own. Not only our way with technology, but transform our way of sharing the things that we know and connecting to other women. I'm sure many of us, that's why I said most of us Western women feel like we have freedoms. But when you start to look at a woman who is being bullied because, you know, she's raped and bullied and her only choice is death. Then we start to look at, well, maybe (laughs) we should pay attention to some of the other things that connect women and empowering one another globally. I just think it's such a powerful thing. So tell me about your vision going forward. How, how would you describe the perfect world for women and our voices?
1: Hmm. Well, I think we have the power to use our, our cell phones in our hands, not as devices of, of this mass distraction, but to unlock massive connection and creativity for change. And it does start with our mindset. I can't tell you how many women I talk to, whether that's, you know, women of my mother's age or women in the U.S. and beyond who are very negative about technology in their own minds, the self-talk. I'm a Luddite. I'm stupid with technology. Oh, I can't get it. Or I'm not going to get on there because it's going to suck me away. And there's just so much self-talk, almost a victim, a language around technology. And to switch that mentality to the power that we have to We have power, we can protect ourselves online, we can set boundaries with how we use the technology, and we can choose to use it for change, whether that's clicking onto a petition, whether that's we're on our social network, giving a positive comment a day to somebody online, like literally lifting up another woman or sister whether she's in your neighborhood or somewhere around the world, and what just watch the positive change that's going to come out of that from mm-hmm. from even a comment you might not realize it, and certainly on World Pulse, you can become an encourager on World Pulse and earn that leadership badge through positive commenting, and it changes lives for those who have never before felt heard in their lives. Yeah, I think so. so-
0: incredible the way you put that, because I never thought about it before, that I could sit here and influence a woman in Pakistan on something that would uplift her world and lift uplift me at the same time. It kind of goes full circle to your conversation about how I started to speak, how you started to speak. And noticing this wave of appreciation coming back at you, which inspired more speaking. And here we can use technology. We can use our voices through technology to enrich, to inspire, and to transform one another
1: throughout the globe. That's powerful. That's powerful. Absolutely. It's the secret sauce right there. Mm -hmm. Beginning to speak our truth online and finding those places like World Pulse and other but to also lift up others online to, to use it for good. Mm-hmm. And we can, we can supercharge movements with the powerful use of tech and we can spark wellness. I mean, on my phone, I do have my Fitbit. And I have put the meditation app on there, you know, so it's, you know, I'm not always the best at that one. And I have, you know, my podcasts that bring me joy. And so, you know, you can arrange your home screen of your mobile phone to be, you know, my own wellness, my impact, my joy. What are the the apps that bring me the most of that in my life? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I think let's take the technology in our hands. Let's take the power in our hands And we can unlock a major volcano of women's voices and change around the world if we do that.
0: I just love that we're ending on that, that focus. What did you say you can, on your home screen, joy, what was it again, fitness? Wellness
1: and impact.
0: Wellness and impact. I love that, that we can have three key things that really pop up first on our screen to keep us focused on the things that are powerful that's a small thing the big thing that I learned out of this whole session with you is the power of our voices and how technology can carry those voices forward and create a revolution of consciousness awareness and transformation as well as inspiration for women to help us grow mm-hmm. and to become the leaders that we were meant to be to be, in full position to help transform our world and carry it forward for ourselves, our families, and for humanity in general. How
1: powerful. And and we we welcome anyone who is listening today to log on to worldpulse.com and find your own place in this revolution. You can, as we were talking about, simply listen and learn from women from all around the world that you might not behind the headlines to really see the truth of those lives. And then you can also leave comments, lift them up, share resources, exchange. You can literally be a part of the story of change of other women's lives around the world. And World Pulse is building on the... What happened with the Me Too movement, we're literally building this next wave of women leaders and digital change makers who are uh, coming behind, who are coming next, and you can be a part of that too.
0: Well, this is a revolution. It really, really is. It's definitely an awareness revolution. It's an inspirational revolution, and it certainly is a digital revolution for women. So thank you. Women's voices, I should say. Thank you so much. Cena, I really appreciate your friendship. I appreciate your work. I'm so happy that you founded World Pulse. And as you said, people are welcome to visit
1: you where? Tell us one more time. On worldpulse.com. And we're, we're launching a whole new site at the end of the year. So log on and sign up, but then come back again. Multiple times because there's going to be an incredible new experience for greater connectivity and ways that you can also become a seed funder to support women's projects and initiatives around the world.
0: It's so good, it's so wonderful. So, thank you. And yes, for those of us who are a little bit past the 50 year mark, stay. Digitally connected. We can do it even if it's just a tiny step. I've gotten more. I've gotten better. Even if I can move one thing to another thing, it's much better. And it, what it does is it unleashes our ability to access power and to use collective voices. Thank you so much. Bravo. Great job. Carry on. I appreciate it. And I'm going to say at this point, please, if you want to hear more stories like this, First, you can follow Encina, definitely on LinkedIn. You can follow her. Please follow us at womenexpress.com, which is our new website, and Women Express Podcasts. Certainly, you can find on all your podcasts spaces. You can go there. You can put us on your homepage as as one of your joy things, or at least one of your knowledge things, inspirational things. But definitely follow us. That's what's going to make a difference. It's the following that creates the connection digitally. So please follow us on Womenexpress.com. I have a book coming up. It's going to be finishing up at the end of the year. I'm excited about it. It's all about women's voices, but in specific ways that I think you will be happy to hear about. And when you go to our website, you'll see a little bit of information about that. We also have Wednesday Wisdoms on our website, which is kind of cool. Wednesday Wisdom website. Go for that. Three W's. How about that, huh? And we also will be having 90-minute sessions and summits like these on Zoom. So there's a lot that we are starting to offer. I'm excited about Women Express. I'm happy to have you here with us today. I appreciate you coming. And come on, women. Let's express.
1: Log on, rise up, as we say.
0: Log on, Power up, rise up. So I'll look forward to having you see us on our podcast. And I look forward to seeing you again.
1: Thank you. So Hi, Thank you, Denise.
0: We had a great time today. What I'd like to ask you to do is to rate us, give us good ones, review and subscribe. And if you love the time you spent with us and loved our speakers, our interviewees, then share this with your friends. That's Collectively Women Express. Thank you for being with me. Bye for now.